So we continue this morning in our series called Alive, thinking about and learning about what it means to be truly alive in Christ Jesus, to have a new life that Jesus promises to give us. And we're doing it through the lens of what Jesus teaches his disciples after the resurrection, all the stories about the resurrection, uh, after the resurrection, when Jesus comes to his disciples. And we learn that Jesus makes for absolute certain that we know that he is truly alive and that he loves us and cares for us. That's the assurance that Christ gives to us. He also gives us hope beyond our circumstances. He gives us resilience to recover from bad situations. He gives us a way to live by showing love for others. That's how we show love to Jesus. And these are great, I, it's just word out that these have been just such wonderful things that we need to hear right now uh, in this time of, of continued isolation and quarantine and self-distance, uh, social distancing. And now this final uh, post-gospel resurrection story. Matthew jumps straight to a hillside in Galilee. Matthew doesn't include the other stories that we read, but when we began this journey on Easter, he, Jesus told Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to meet him in Galilee. And that is where we find them today. But before I read the story, I'd like you to join me in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So our story is in Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So like you, like everyone else, I have become well-versed with a term and a concept that I'd never heard before the pandemic. The essential worker. Essential workers are the ones who are necessary to keep our society going. When everyone else is laid off or required to stay at home, essential workers keep going in to keep our lights on, to keep our trash picked up, to keep food on our tables, and dozens of other necessary functions for our society. 
Essential workers are on the front lines of this crisis, risking their health and their safety to get us what we need to survive. And we are thankful and grateful for the work that is being done by these essential workers. And it's a tragedy, really, and a national indictment that although they are risking their lives, many are not paid a living wage, not paid what they need to survive themselves. It, would, it doesn't matter if they could make more on unemployment. It doesn't matter if they don't want to risk their lives and their health or feel that their conditions in which they're working are unsafe because they are essential workers, and they must work. In today's scripture, in what is often known or called the Great Commission, Jesus designates his essential workers. First, he makes clear his authority to do so. Jesus reminds his disciples that after the resurrection, he has assumed his rightful role as the Lord of heaven and earth. And unlike the President of the United States, Jesus has total authority over all creation. Jesus has the authority to designate what work is essential. And the Bible refers to Jesus' rule as the reign of God, or the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven. That's what Matthew usually uses. And one of the things that Jesus has told us throughout Matthew, again and again, is that something that is essential to his reign is that it must grow. Jesus says it's like a mustard seed that grows into a tree. It's like yeast spread into dough, growing and spreading. And here Jesus tells us that growing happens through making disciples. To get into the Greek of the passage for just a minute, the other verbs that are in the passage are go, baptize, and teach. But all of those verbs are participles. They're modifying or describing the main verb of the sentence, which is making. The emphasis, the main part, the thing that Jesus wants us to know is making disciples is the essential work. And it's an imperative. It's a command. We are commanded to make more disciples so that the reign of God may grow. Now this applies to all of Jesus' disciples. Every one of you. If you count yourself a disciple of Jesus, you are an essential worker. In the reign of God. It doesn't matter if you don't really want to bother people about Jesus too much. Because you are an essential worker. It doesn't matter if you think there's a risk there to your social standing or your friendship. Because you are an essential worker. It doesn't matter if you've been burned out on pushing Jesus people or stadium rallies or bait and switch evangelism. Or fear-based Jesus schemes. You're an essential worker. God has chosen for it to be necessary for the kingdom of God to grow. 
that we would spread the good news about Jesus Christ. And we need only look back at our adult baptism records of people that we are bringing in who didn't know Jesus and now do to see that we're not doing a very good job. We can say that we don't know anyone who's Christian, not Christian. We can blame it on our pseudo-Christian culture that slowly inoculates people against true Christianity. But whatever our excuses, Jesus has given us work, essential work, and we are failing at it. I think we need an attitude adjustment. Because this isn't a burden. It's a privilege to be God's essential worker. We need to be co-workers in the kingdom of God. Hear the good news, brothers and sisters. You are an essential worker. Your part in God's kingdom is the making of disciples. And when you're working at that, you're doing meaningful work, lasting, world-changing work that is necessary to the reign of God. And you, you can do it. You can do it. Because Jesus has covered the command with a promise. Jesus promises that I will be with you always until the end of this age. Right? Jesus doesn't just pay his essential workers a, a living wage. Jesus gives you for free, gives you the gift of eternal life. A life that is full and abundant. A life of the ages that lasts through this age into the next age. Jesus is working, promising, gifting with you, in you, through you. Making your work essential, work that matters, work that brings and gives life. Now the other verse spell out how this happens, how we make disciples. First, as I said, participles, right, is modified, this is how we do it. We must go. We can't just stay here among our Christian buddies. Our Christian friends, right? We have to not just only be among those who are already disciples. We have to be involved with people who are not Christian. We've got to go somewhere where there are non-Christians and meet them. Note here that the goal is not just making new members of our church. It's not bringing people from one church over to our church. That's nice. If there is somebody that you want to bring into our church who already is a Christian, that's that's lovely, right? But that's not what we're talking about. The essential work is making disciples, not moving disciples around. And once we know a few people who, who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then we are tasked with two things, to teach and baptize. And these two clauses are parallel with each other. There's not an order of priority. There's not an order of chronology here. Sometimes someone meets Jesus and radically falls in love and wants to get baptized, and they do, and they really don't know a whole lot about what Jesus commands. And, and then we need to teach, right? Other times people learn and learn and teach, and, and they grow, and they know so much about Jesus, and then later they realize that Jesus is their personal Lord and Savior, and they decide to get baptized and, and, to, and to become a part of God's people. 
Now, many churches prioritize getting baptized over teaching and holy living, and other churches do a lot of teaching and don't really do all that much baptizing. But we can't obey Jesus' commands fully and completely if we don't trust in God's promises and have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. And we can't fulfill the promises that we make in our baptism if we don't know the commands that, that we're promising to follow. See, Jesus wants people to confess their faith in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, get baptized into his life, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then wants those people to begin living a transformed life that changes the world around them and God's kingdom begins to come. So both are essential in God's mission to transform the world into a more just, more peaceful, more loving, more life-giving place. A place where Jesus can reign. So today, you're here. Worship Jesus. It doesn't matter if you doubt some. It says so doubt that you don't have to be perfect. Worship Jesus. Be filled with his grace and his life. And then go. But go and make disciples. Get outside your comfort zone and tell people about Jesus. Now, you can start small. In fact, here's one thing you can do. Just share this feed. Share this worship service on your Facebook page. Right now. I'll wait. I'll give you a minute. I'm not really sure how long it'll take. Maybe just click, share, public, go. You got it? Okay, great. Perfect. That is a start. It's a small thing, a little thing that you can do to let people know about Jesus, what Jesus is doing in your life, who Jesus is, right? Now, if you're not pumped about this one, go back and share another one of our worship services or share the midday prayer. Share all the great things that Marianne and Eugenia are putting up on our Facebook page. Let people in social media world know about Jesus and know that everywhere you go, and in everything you do, Jesus is with you. Until this age ends, and the reign of God is complete on the earth, and Jesus comes to reign here, and our disciple-making work is revealed as an essential element to God's work. When it's revealed like gold and silver by the refiner's fire as purified and beautiful, essential, amazing work that God has done through you in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God reigns, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.